Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Winter, spring, summer, fall, seasons change, we still keep it together. Hey Beverly Hills 90210 fans, are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles Rose. Did I say that? Mary thing about the, the, the real person, and we go, what? We'll get rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crushworthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Well, it's been a couple of weeks, and we are back here on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. And we have Charles Rosen, um, and we have Larry Mullen, who is in Martha's Vineyard, and I'm in Larry Mullen's place. So a very odd turn of events for anybody watching. Uh, Larry was gracious enough to let us stay here at his home uh, while he's away, and it's really been wonderful, man. Um, But Larry, a touch of bad news. You did... (laughs) Super kicked with the COVID. Why don't you tell us what happened here? Well, you know, I went to New York which uh, with my wife, and, of course, we had a fantastic time in New York. And uh, the next morning, uh, after we flew back uh, to the vineyard from New York City, I was really feeling pretty weird and, uh, you know, didn't feel well and tested myself and was a big positive for COVID. And I think I must have got the variant because uh, – I have no problem with tasting and smelling, so I'm not in any of that. And, That's good. Uh, and the good news for me was, you know, I, I got my doctor on the phone, and he prescribed the, uh, oh, it's called a Paxlovid, Paxlovid, which is an antiviral, which uh, it's like a five-day cycle, and I'm almost on, uh, this is the end of my cycle. So, I mean, tonight I'll take the last one, and hopefully tomorrow I'm going to, uh, testing negative, and that's it. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not, it's, you know, kind of, like a, a flu or something. It doesn't, you know, because I've had all the boosters, I've had four shots. I, right. I never felt I was in danger or, you know, and it's just, a, it's just kind of an annoying thing, you know, because you get, you miss all the things that are going around you. You have to quarantine a bit. And, uh, of course, my wife, being a dutiful helpmate, uh, got it two days later, which mm. I appreciated. So she gives me company company and uh that's it you know i'm hopefully at the end of it and um i had a good time in new york you know i saw maggie polo uh, for coffee which was great fun and didn't see any other uh, uh super fans uh, that no, that's sorry. okay yeah didn't see any other ones but you know just had a, you know new york is the best um did you get to see a show or anything like that I, you know we had house seats for music man which was uh exhilarating i mean the nice. showmanship the dance i mean and, and Hugh, jackman. Hugh jackman you know it's just you're getting to see you know Someone really rare and, and, and talented, like, you know, showman like that. The world's greatest showman, right? So, yeah, that was a treat. Uh, and, Chuck, uh, you, you you were traveling a little bit, too, and that's one of the reasons why uh, we haven't seen you in a, in a couple of weeks. A couple of things. You also were in New York at one point. I don't know if we covered that here on the podcast. Um, what was your New York, D.C. trip like? And I, and well, I, also- I, didn't, 
I didn't get any house seats from um, Music Man. I don't know how Larry scored that. I use I use Ben Stiller's uh, auspices. <laughs> ben Stiller. Yeah, we have the same business manager, so I kind of just. Oh, that. that's when right. In New York, I always, I always do that. I always do that. Hold yeah, on always, one second. I always yes, press. Honey. Well, then come on downstairs and join me. Okay. Uh, um. So, we but heard, uh, we we heard from my phantom uh, guest there. I guess she doesn't have internet in her office, so, so she'll just she will, sit, sit she right next to you. She'll be taking an uh, an unusual trip uh, down to the basement <laughs> to your layer. Yeah, my uh, my world here. I gotta move over a little bit. Um, but but we had a great time in New York. We did see great play. We saw the play that won the best the musical, the um, Strange Loop, which I. Uh, found was fascinating and and not surprised that it won a Pulitzer because what an original story by an original storyteller. Um, right. Uh, uh, and um, I, I wonder, uh, and it was kind of a send up of Tyler Perry too. So I wonder what he thought about it. We saw a show that had won the Edinburgh Fringe Festival the year before my daughter's show, Cruel Intentions, the musical, won that same prize. It was called um, Six, and it's about the six women who were the wives of Henry VIII. Did you like that one, Chuck? Very much so. Did yeah, I loved it? it. I loved it. I, I think that's really great. Yeah, it felt like a fringe. It felt like, and everybody's singing, and and that it was yeah. it was very mm -hmm. natural. It was a lot of fun, and uh, and so those were the the two shows. And then yes, I took the. Gosh, it was a long time already, but I hopped on the train when Karen came back to L.A. and scored. Um, a couple of tickets. I got my my uh, house seats for the uh, watch the Washington Nationals play the Dodgers. Oh, Dodgers beat them and then lose a one nothing game, which was the beginning of the tailspin. Right. It's very dark in here, but it it'll be good. We, we get uh, Pete. You got a drum roll coming up <laughs> for a while. Oh no, she just dropped her water. She just dropped. She. I'm not sure she knows where the chair is yet. Okay, she's, she's gonna find it. She's, looking, she's getting her water. The dogs are very surprised to see her in the basement. They never see her down here. It's a this shocking turn of events. Really good. You're right over there. There she is, Karen Rosen. See yourself. Hi, Karen. How are you? Mar Mar Martha's Vineyard, and that's Larry's. You can, you can notice from the painting. Oh. Visiting Larry's, oh, yes. Very yes. Wonderful. I, I came here. He wasn't here. I'm surprised. No. Um, hey, guys, <laughs> but also, uh, Karen and Chuck, you celebrated a big anniversary as well, right? Uh, this yes. past week. More I'm traveling. You were up in. In uh, Oakland and San Fran. Four five years. I can't even believe. And I know somebody else. I know somebody else has been married for forty five years, and they can't believe it either. Well, I'm gonna have our D and I gonna have our forty fifth anniversary next month, August fourteenth. Wow, it's amazing. We both have forty five. We, you know, August twentieth. August fourteenth. Nice. Yeah, and Larry, our friends, the Offsays, Jerry Offsay and his wife, yeah. 1977, Richard Greenberg and his wife, Joanne. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That was a good Nobody got married in 77 because we I got tell you, I did not want to get married. <laughs> you get some pushback because we I, did. We did. I, 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 she pressured me. I mean, I, we had lived together. <laughs> no, I mean, the people who said, well, I get married. Well, you were a little older years. than me. I was 20, so uh -huh. 21 when I got married. Well, we had lived together for seven years, and Dee said she wanted, we had to get married. I said, I knew oh, in yeah. two weeks. 
She told me this got to be the worst two weeks of your life. <laughs> um, I want to say too, hey, next week we're going to cover, I think, Sentence to Life, which is a Jessica Klein episode. Uh, we're going to honor our friend Jessica, who um, we just absolutely adore and love here at the show. So uh, that's what we're going to work on next week. Are you, Larry, are you looking forward to covering that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was uh, Milton Berle was in that. I mean, he was a real character. Oh, and I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, he really was um, amazing. He, won, he got an, uh, an Emmy nomination for it. I remember that because we all went to the awards. Our season. only Emmy nomination. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was a good, you know, that was right after the uh, the fire. And Steve, you know, it, it gets his uh, community service sentence to, uh, That's right. to, you know, at an old age home, basically, or insisted living. All right, Larry, I think we, we really can't ask you about camping trip. Have you ever been camping and have you enjoyed? <laughs> I've enjoyed no. camping, yes, I, I, but not a lot. I mean, we're not big camping people. But, okay. Uh, but I can appreciate the camping. And I'm sure I never Now, here's one know. thing that, and that's one thing we again have in common. We are not big camping people. Uh, Karen, the idea of, of an insect on the ground. <laughs> Um, not not when she cares, and and especially if that insect on the ground can also fly. Oh yes, yes. Daunting yeah, thought for her. No, the only camping I ever did was a hitchhiker when I couldn't get a ride. Um. Yes, I like. Um, listen, so just make sure you guys, you're good, Larry. Take care of yourself. Take care of D. Okay. Uh, get better and come back next week. It's going to be, a, a, it's going to be Love great. All. Yep. Have fun, kids. Have a great show. All right. Good seeing you, man. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right, so that's Larry Mullen. He's off now. Now we're here and we're talking about camping trip. Uh, mm -hmm. Chuck, when we did the watch along, we had a lot of different observations. Karen, did you get to watch the episode? I sure did. Um, that's why I was a little late, in fact, because I really wanted to look at it again. This is a very significant episode to me because um, <laughs> had a little a little run in with Luke uh, <laughs> over this one. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What? Well, let's go right to it. What was the run-in with Luke over? I'll tell you that in a second. Well, it was over the fact that, um, and I realized suddenly why. I real. I just in watching it today, I just realized why is because um, this episode was important to me. This was one where they wanted the gang all together. You know, they all all the scenes where they're all together in a peach pit or all together somewhere. Everybody loves those, right? And going mm -hmm. hardest to write because a line here, a line there. Who do you focus on? You know, what's driving it? So those are hard to do, but and hard to get all the cast there and blah blah. blah. But uh, they're enjoyable scenes. So this was like an episode doing that. They're all going to go away together. How do we get them all together, etc. But I used a lot of stuff. You know, uh, Dylan's having a hard time in the episode, and some of them are kind of thorny, and like some of them are happy, and some of them are like fighting and some of them are like this but some of the lot some of the things they discuss are very meaningful the meaning of life divorce should you have children if you don't really want them etc cetera, etc cetera. and um and it's a lot of the lines i realize are taken are tidbits of my life for chuck's life and and uh, i'll tell you which ones those are because i wrote them down but it was just like i forgot that i put so much of myself in so this episode was important to me a good friend of ours was directing it jeff uh, melman and I made a mistake. I wore a white shirt and I sat right in front of the camera. <laughs> I don't know why I was seated there. Somebody should have told me to move, but I was unfortunately in Luke's sight line, which is not where you ought to be if you're watching. You know, writers are generally not that welcome on a lot of sets. Sure. So um, there was that feeling of like, 
that I'm judging or something. There was a, and I had a philosophical discussion with Jason about it because he had, they did not start in theater, you know, which is where I started. So you really have to be comfortable with people watching you and being right present with you in the room. And it really is a different kind of acting. And they didn't start that way. Sure. You know, they write the TV. So they weren't, they was the camera was their only one. They, did, they ignored the people. And that's how Jason would like to look at it um, at that time. I don't know if he still feels that way. So there was that. So my presence, writer or no writer, audience wasn't wanted, nor was the nor was an audience wanted who might judge the way sure. a line was given or whatever. And um, there was a there was a segment where I felt like it was too heavy, dense. It was really he was really pouring it on, you know. So I must have reflected that in my body language or something. But I did go talk to Jeff right after the take, you know, to sort of adjust him a little bit and. Luke saw that and he was pissed, pissed, pissed off. <laughs> so mm. it, it made him a little angrier. <laughs> but it, it, you know, it was a good learning experience for me because I was really sitting in the wrong place. I was wearing the wrong color, and yes, this the chain of events was wrong. I was correct about the tone, which he did correct it to best he could. But you know, it was the way it was delivered. So that was a big alert. And I didn't realize that they were at all insecure. They were already, you know, having a lot of fun, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I guess it mattered to him and um, my opinion. So that's another thing. But it, I guess it mattered to me because of some of these lines that were in there that were sure. like from our life. Like um, just an example, a couple of them. Um, it started talking about divorce and Jenny said she could hardly remember when her parents lived together. And that was my experience in my own life. And my parents split up when I was three and a half. So it was exactly the age she said. And then Steve goes, yeah, mine was five. My brother was five at the mm. time. So it was very, you know, it was interesting. So some of those things. And then and then also it was one that was, oh, and the meaning of life is love and all of those things and some of the philosophical stuff. Um, and uh, <laughs> but I did really enjoyed some of the comedic lines, you know, and in my mind, this was sort of a little bit of a, it was a comedy that was going to take a turn. You know what I mean? It was a, it was comedic till it went dark. Luke was starting dark from the get go, you know, so he's having right. depressed, which is something a lot of people struggle with depression. And how do you get out of it? How do you yeah. get out of the funk? is important these days um you know and so it was having his friends around being trying to be supportive trying to because he was just negative 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 he was stuck and he knew he was stuck he looked like he needed a drink and he, he kind of needed one but you know that sure. was a big faux pas so anyway you know things like that really um you know what you learn in the course of your life if you struggle with that stuff of how to change your mood or whatever and they were trying and etc so and then the love of Brandon for him, I thought, was just a really <laughs> special thing. I'd be curious today, though, with like when when writers are on set, if if that's that's probably not even a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, well, I was thinking about it relative to our show, and I know that Karen was on the set of Isn't It Romantic? Yeah, and she was on the set of this show. I don't know if any other at that point any other writer had been on a set yet. Other writers that weren't because yeah. we were all uh, uh, Steve and Jessica most likely were on the set when they um, when they in, filming their summer episode uh, the the uh, episode the summer storm sure uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they would have been otherwise who are the other writers Darren I was and on I? set for ones I didn't write <laughs> you know what I mean or let me say it this way. 
that I didn't have credited writing credit on. I know what you mean. And the difference too, you know, um, the other writers who Karen being was not on her staff. So by not being on the staff, she had time not to be, okay, thanks for the one you just did. Now, you know, come and jump in and write your next script, which is is what everybody, which is what everybody else, you know, would be doing. So we had three little kids, you know, our third child was born during season one. I was pregnant. I was nine months pregnant when they filmed my first episode. Isn't it romantic? Standing on Sam Sandy Boulevard uh, in the cold. But, um, you know, I was busy. And this was a really good way for some for somebody to be a working person, do a discreet project, and then go home. You know what I mean? You don't have to go to the office every single day in between, et cetera. So it was, very, it was better for our lifestyle, truthfully, at that time. We had, they were ages, by the second season, one, three, and one, three, and seven, you know. Mm. Chuck, you were talking about this on the watch along. Um, tell me, why don't you tell everybody how this even came to be the camping trip episode? Um, do, do you recall, re- recall what we were talking about the other, the other day? Well, I sure do. I, we, I knew I wanted a break uh, as much as I could from um, to serve as a between the a barrier between here's the start of school and here's with the summer episodes. And um, and we were all writing the summer episodes, and then that, here's that gap. And so the idea of, well, let's find something for them all to do together and it, it exactly fall into the template that Karen had just described, one that was mostly funny, and yet there's some serious elements, and then, and then that, that element takes over even when, when we get to our action a moment at the end of the piece. But by the way, they no nobody wanted funny. They really wanted a soap opera. The, the studio and Aaron was more comfortable in that land melodramatic. We I was more the funny. I think it's you know. Well, I mean, I mean, it would have been really odd if this if people went away on a camping trip and nothing funny happened. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's the whole purpose no, of just those the idea. Things. It's going to be the greatest camping trip, and all of a sudden it's, it's pouring rain, rain, and you're yeah. you're really. So I think Aaron appreciated it. I don't think it, he this liked... episode, as opposed to the one with the peach pit when Brenda it becomes um, the waitress there. Right, mm-hmm. that was a funny one that they really hated, but that a lot of fans really liked. I still love to this minute, and I love it right, too. Right, yeah. right, right. No, yeah. but the network said, "Ah, oh, it's not, it's not like the others. It's, it's out of the, you know." But... Well, that was the irony. They asked us to do one out of the others, and then, but they also switched management while we were making it. Right. So it's always Sandy Grishow and I always always wrestle over that. His first one was to tell me to be, the first note I got from him was don't just screen the episode you just don't air the episode you just delivered. So, <laughs> yeah, no, Sandy, we are going to do it. You you paid us, we're gonna do it. So that you know, but that's where good friendships are born out of that kind of hustle. For sure. Sometimes um, and so um, they, they all go on the camping trip. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I was telling Chuck, Karen, that I think you do a, probably the best job of putting all the kids together and writing the dialogue between them and like giving and knowing the voices of each character and what they might be feeling in this moment and what's happening. Um, how did you how did you kind of figure all that out as you were starting there, because we're still, you know, this is, I know this is season three and, and or, or two, you know, two, this is season two. It it's season two. So it's still early in the process, but right. you've had some time. So how are you kind of now doing that? 
to like assign them well well you know it's funny because i forgot that this is the one where david kind of comes with the group but he's not in the group yet sure oh so there was that element and oh by the way just a side note on the technology which is always fun that huge video camera he has um, <laughs> of course nobody has a cell phone that they could just carry uh, around and um yeah the technology stuff was uh, was pretty funny for me but um you know so we had it was lucky because they were the characters were pretty well drawn and then they morphed as we got to know the actors but they were pretty well drawn they were a little stereotypical in the beginning right you have the gonna be the bitch and then we find out that actress is really nice so this one has comedic you know stuff so we could we could tweak it so that's what was happening is the the things that were broadening out their original here's the new kid in town here's this one here's this and and then the things we knew about the people involved um, is how we got to really do that. But we sort of put it up, they're going to bicker because it wasn't the same number that they were thinking. Steve's with the packing, you know, as, and and Donna having a fight, she was like mad about him taking her stuff away. You know, that was more the stereotype of her. But then she gets to have a real moment in the cabin, which I love, by the way, looking back on it now, my daughters, I think, would be really pleased because there's this... Um, mentioned she has to go to the convenience store with them or the liquor store because she needs something. She doesn't want to say out loud what it is. And what is it? It's a feminine product, you know, and that's something every single girl can relate to. And maybe some boys too, because they don't want to hear about it particularly, but girls are much more forward with it now or the girls that I know about it. They, they, they like, they just want to talk about it and make, make right, sure. that's uncomfortable as the girls are, uh, or normalize it, I guess is what they want to do now. It wasn't yet. In no, this is a different, no. this is a different language that we're speaking today. Um, well, one of my favorite moments of it was we gave, in terms of the comedic that you wouldn't spend actually was given to, to Steve when he's got his, uh, when he wakes up and he's all congested from the hay fever. I thought that was a funny little bit, you know, just, uh, um, and yeah. you know, very, very. He, he did a great job on it, but also just you know, amplifying the misery. You know, <laughs> well, they all had something. But I was just remembering a line where um, they were. Um, I'm sorry, I lost it for a second. Oh, the hot chocolate with the bloomy wet. Oh, I forgot what it was now. Okay. Well, I want to ask you a question. Didn't ask you, so I'm going to ask you mm. which. Um, do you remember which scene it was when you were wearing the white shirt that uh, Luke? Yes, I do. Yeah, which one was it? Let me think. Now, it was one of the ones where it was him and not the whole gang was not there. So it might have been in the it might have been in the cabin when he goes in the other cabin with and Brenda comes in there. <laughs> one to, of those scenes. Yeah. So that scene, by the way, um, I think he was too like. He was just, you know, he'd gone, he'd taken a moment and how it's, how it is cut together is more how it was envisioned than the way he had done it. So I, I can't show you what it, what he did, but it was it, over the top was my feeling and, you know, has to build to somewhere. Um, I, although in looking back on his acting, I thought he did a really nice job in, as a whole, you know, and some of the, you know, it was hard signs with it, but that rescue and the whole thing. And I was going to, Chuck, I wanted to tell you that we were looking at this um, and we had gotten breakfast earlier that morning and Chuck had said that one of the parts of the episode he really doesn't like is the whole cliff and the falling and all that stuff. But we re looked at it and what do you feel about it now, Chuck? 
it, you know, it wasn't I was, too I, bad. You know what? The only part that I, I do, that I disagree with still now is that when Brandon, I'm sorry, when Brandon, I know he did. When Brandon's when he's hanging from the thing, I'm yes. sure that the stuntman, when you see him from the bottom, I'm sure his hand was secured onto something. Like somebody was, if he he let go, he would not fall. You know what I mean? He, right. Something was holding him by his one arm. But Brandon seemed to be standing on something. It looked, looked to me. He didn't look like this one arm was was supporting him when he had to let go. That was the only place at all because Luke was acting really well in that one. Well, it is that. It and is he did that see he, the high cred. Yeah, it is the the uh, holding on with the one hand. Uh, Brandon That's what we, yeah. Twice. He wouldn't have been able to sustain it at that point. So you said that yeah. on the watch along too. Yeah. And so, and but but it, nonetheless, it still was cut really well. It was our prime. Uh, you you mentioned the editor. This was uh, you didn't know the editors all that well, but Michael Anderson was a guy who looked like he would be William Bendix's best friend in the life of Riley. He just wore a button down shirt every day and have his lunch pail, and he was that kind of guy from the Presida. And what a talented editor! I mean, certainly. Um, yes. you, 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 everybody, we had nice editors, but a Michael Anderson editing show, you can pick them out. And today. you know, we have shared with you that we felt it was really like a low budget show, and and that Chuck really was proud of the fact that he brought him in on, under budget. And for this, you know, occasionally one episode goes over, but then he's under somewhere else because he writes it to be a, you know, all on set or whatever. This was a location show, so I was going to cost more, but you can see. You can kind of see this is a behind the scenes. Thing. You can kind well, of see some continuity issues and some, some, you know. But little... it did. We talked about it. it. It was really more like a bottle show because both of those cabins were built on our set. Right, they didn't right, have right. to go anywhere. Right. Although they took the one big drive. Now, do you, you remember where you drove to do this? No. It was filmed in Santa Clarita. I did not go there for that day. Oh, you didn't think. go for I the... don't think I went for the rock. Thing. Yeah, too far. Too far. <laughs> and then, of course, the, and, I noticed when the, they get out of the get, get up the next morning, they're like crunching around on the on the sort of dry grasses, <laughs> as opposed to how it would be if it had rained all night or whatever it was. But, so um, this is this but, is on the set. They did a really good. Drew, Drew and them did a really beautiful job of making this can this look like a look like a you know a bunk a, a cabin. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. exactly. They did that. And the um, spider, okay, the spider getting yes. his hair caught. Spider, that was one where, um, where, well, our my kids are like that, but but uh, <laughs> I used to be as well with the bugs. I I have become the spider vanquisher if needed. Uh, don't ask me how I got that role because I don't like them. But also that um, when they said they she bumped into Neil in Cambridge, they asked the newlywed couple how they met Allison and Neil, and says, "Well, we bumped him in Cambridge." And Andrea's like, "Oh, you went to Harvard?" And he goes, "Not nah, BU. She was the brain." And that was our story because he went to grad school at BU and lived in Cambridge, and I had a very good GPA, et cetera, a very good student, blah blah blah, and I got into uh, Radcliffe, but I didn't go there waiting list because I applied late. But you know, I think we might have met there in Boston because we would have been there at the same time. But he says I wouldn't have liked him because had I gone to the status, Harvard, I was a he would know. have gone to BU and I would have been a snob. I wouldn't have been a snob. <laughs> <laughs> well, she would have been on the same campus, almost at the same time with Carol Potter and uh, Jessica Klein, who both yeah, were also Spies, and Amy yeah. Spees, three yeah. Radcliffe, yeah, sure. Radcliffians but in the I first. Think she's like, Oh, Bruins. Yeah, go all I'm the curious. way to uh, Ann Arbor to play football. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Curious, Karen, you said that so much of yourself came out of this episode. You were writing this. Do you remember writing it? And do you know why at times some of it comes out of you that way? Is it was something happening? Well, those are the details that, that, you know, you just, you, you kind of, you know, I say, write what you know. Well, this isn't sure. a camping trip, isn't it? But but the details of being a child of divorce or having multiple step parents and step, whatever that, that I know. So I could speak with very authenticity for those characters more more than the actors perhaps because they didn't happen to have that background what but you know that is that it's just you pull from what sounds real if you know it was real like we talk about all the time the triangle and going from one girl to the other in high school and how could the girls still be friends that came out of a real life situation even though you know uh, might not have happened to everybody, and that they still survive. I think I think it's a I think it's a very common thing that happens in high school now, thanks to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Well, well, Kelly, a well, it worked for it worked. Yeah, for Kelly did it, right? Kelly yeah. did it. And she's she's a girl. Oh, and she uh, said that was another psych thing where she says she was a, thought it was her fault about the divorce. This is stuff I learned later, obviously in therapy, but you know that. And then when she'd see a nice girl who was divorced and she'd think, oh, well, that girl's nice. She didn't probably make her parents. So she was trying to help herself that way kind of thing. So you it's know? your pre-psychology yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or them saying, why just have me? Why have me if you didn't want to? Yeah, parents are supposed to be supporting you now and nurturing you now, and that's their job. That was how I felt when I was a teenager. I felt like well, a child doesn't ask to be born, and so their parents should do everything they can for them. That was my attitude then. I think I still almost hold that same attitude. Just don't ruin them completely, but yeah. Well, it's like our, our good friend who lived across the street. At one point, we, we left uh, the house, and Lindsay was just crying in a way that we weren't used to, and we felt really bad. We were going out and leaving her, and our friend Bob, who's older, a generation older than us, just said, Ah, uh, look, doesn't matter what you do, you're going to fuck them up anyway. <laughs> you know the rest of their lives. Doesn't matter. You know, do your and, best. And, and, I, and that would be the words of wisdom I would uh, to <laughs> well, the, those who are listening today. Do your best, but your best probably ain't going to be quite good enough, especially in this crazy world we live in now. Um, Chuck, you pointed out the actor that uh, was is from the nanny, Peter Mark Jacobson, who who is uh, the the Neil in this uh, thing. Right. You know, what what is your thoughts on looking back on the, t the 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 young couple, Karen and Chuck? Wasn't he the husband of of Fran Dresser? Fran Dresser's ex husband, yes. Yeah, they're ex now, right? Oh yeah. yeah mm -hmm. I thought he did a very good job too. A, a tricky part, you know. Um, and um, yeah, looking back on, I did notice at one point in their argument, well, I thought she was a little bit silly to be making such a big fuss. It was a little Neil Simon-esque, you know, she's she's not telling him the problem, but she's a horrible person and she's going next door. Um, she's a little histrionic, the, the wife, but I noticed she says she worked at a firm and her, and the, the, I thought your firm didn't appreciate associates who had maternity leave. That was my story. I was at a big firm. I would I, when I had my first child. I was the first associate ever to have a baby at that firm, and it was like the fourth oldest firm in LA, 1985. And um, yeah, they didn't look kindly on people. I was the first one to have to take maternity leave ever. And if they would have been more supportive, there'd been no way Karen would have stopped being a uh, entertainment lawyer. Maybe I would have. Maybe I would have. You never know. 
We'll never know. But <laughs> but that was something that did happen. But then I also noticed when they they're fighting and everything, and she says, "I don't want to sound like a sexist pig, but is it that time of the month again? Another thing where they're using euphemisms and whatever about it, and it sort of same thing Donna had, and you know that's the assumption. If a woman's upset, she could have be out of her period. Right. Well, that was the culture, and also the things that you you didn't say it, and that was how network television function you didn't say it mm. you, didn't, you didn't use you didn't the, even refer to it like we did that was going out of the box to refer to it even both of those lines is it yeah it does feel like that that's, i need a feminine product and that I, was and not I, normal <laughs> and i was so stunned i did not know that i had you know just in, in early in my career so i was one of the first not one of the first, the first network assignment that I got was to do a, a rewrite of an ABC TV movie. Um, oddly enough, the movie being written by our, our friend and, and um, fellow writer on the show, Amy Spees, her father mm. Adrian was a movie writer and this was a script and they wanted a, a younger voice because it was about a young girl who had epilepsy and she was a runner. And I put the part that she got her period while she was doing this, I added that. And I will so remember my very prim and proper, wonderful woman who was a script typist for me at the time, Antonia, being just like, what do you think of the script, Antonia? I said, oh, I did not like that part about the period. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, it was very generational because it was not spoken. Right. The network yeah. did like it, but it didn't matter because they didn't air the movie anyway. But they hired um, me again, so that was okay. <laughs> what did you what how do you do we know how this episode did i mean this is this is an episode i think that people have asked us to cover for a long time because it's just so loved i think what they love the most about it and i don't know what the rating was but the fans love the most is that they get to see the group together and interacting and doing all this stuff and this is i mean we've seen that before but this is really the time before we move into the the next big season you know of the of the school cool. and you get this opportunity to do this so uh it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad bad uh, ratings were okay but they were not what they would be in the the, the subsequent episode which sure. wildfire uh hello emily valentine and you know the and i remember very well the um promo with one girl kissing brandon and one girl kissing luke and can't, whatever we had done the week before was not going to be able to compare to that, and right. so that was a, that was a very highly rated episode for us for all of season two. Uh, Wildfire was one of our, and and as you know, the I, I believe you know the highest rated episode of that season was uh, where Emily burns down the float. That was more than anything, including even our our uh, uh, ending ones of you know going to Mexico and and everything. Um, big, big season. I want to ask about Jeff Melman. I thought his direction is really lovely here because, you know, sometimes directors love a lot of things, right? So to have a lot of movement, but there really isn't a lot of movement. There's a lot of dialogue and there's a lot of acting, right? And then of course there is the big, the big stunt. What did you guys think of Jeff's work here in this, in this episode? Well, Jeff was a, was primarily a, and known as a director producer producer as well of 
sitcoms. Mm -hmm. um, four camera, three camera, four camera, a live audience. You mm -hmm. know, so he it's a different was, way of directing. Cut, cut, cut. Totally. Yeah. And and he was looking to do some single camera work and wanted to branch out. Single camera um, got hot there for for a little bit. It vacillates back and forth where there's more opportunities, and he wanted that. And I think he just did terrific. But because he was so facile, I think, in staging sitcoms that he staged inside the cabin, particularly in those scenes where where uh, Brian has the uh, where David Silver has the the, the camera that it just it's just really well. And I thought that it was Karen and Jeff were a really good melding of talent because here because Karen's background being theater, she too is always thinking where writing as this actor almost crosses as says this line there, you 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 you, you she's it's a very um, she's a very evocative writer in those group scenes. Sometimes I mean those most of those group scenes were when they were sitting down in the peach pit and uh, and you didn't have those sets of issues. This one did and uh, and I think made it um, peppy, snappy. Peppy. <laughs> you know, he did, it's hard, very hard, as we said, to do those scenes where even four people around a table, you know, it's hard. So this is a whole group of yeah. kids too, you know, you know, new in their craft. There's a lot, it's a heavy dialogue, a lot of stuff to pull out of, out of them at that time, you know, maybe later on they can do all that stuff, but this was very new. And I thought Jeff and yourself, the writing was really well done and it brought, it got a lot out of them. It did. I, you know, he, he knew not to throw away completely the, the joke line. He knew where the joke is, but also not to like punch it like a sitcom, you know? So he, he, you know, and he was, I wonder if that was challenging for him coming from sitcoms to not punch it like a, like a, you know, no, I think he did really. No, he wasn't you know, there's a lot of they, it's, they they sort of did a sort of like a throwaway, but when I'm watching it, you know, I I go, oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know, there's no laugh track, but it's. Uh, well, I was just going to use the laugh track. There's no there's no sweetener. Right. There was nothing. None of the things that made things in sitcoms that were not funny um, right. seem funny. Hello, happy days. Three's Company, you know what I mean? All those kinds of shows. Where All those, they just, you know, just keep the the, the the fake the fake laughter rolling, you know. I mean, even like you know, after that whole thing of the rescue and the whole thing, and he goes and they're looking at each other, realizing they just had a mo moment, a big moment in their lives, and he says, "You know, you're filthy." And Brenda goes, "Yeah, I know. You can't take me anywhere." Like <laughs> that kind of a line, you know, the, where they did it. They did that in the cabin as well, something like that. A few of those ones, you know. Um, Let, let's the, talk the, about the rescue, actually. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you, you, I mean, Chuck, did you were you the one who structured this episode so that we would have, you know, all this stuff happening here? And then, did you guys always know that the rescue was going to be a big part of this? Like where? Yeah, or did you have to fit the rescue in? Tell me about putting the rescue into this episode. No, the rescue became very, very important. In fact, I, I now am pretty convinced that there was a scene with the actor. With, there was a scene where they got the key, whether you actually went inside with them. Or if it wasn't that, it was at the, the market, where you went inside the market that we originally had written it. I don't think we filmed it. Because it was one of those where Paul says we're running long and 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 what else? Because I remember that the actor that we were um, we had another young younger actor and he became part of Drew Carey's comedy world where you do the sketch 
Comedy. Yes, he I know you're talking about. Yeah. One of those guys. Whose line is it anyway? Who's yeah, line he was, it? and he was very funny, and I remember liking him. Well, he's nowhere to be found, so something got cut. So if that got cut, that means that it got cut to make room for the. Uh, it, it was in film to make even if it was it was if it was shot and not cut or cut before it was shot, it was making room for the That's big true. finale. And and of course that had to be it. You know. Um, the important part of it, because here is Brandon, the Boy Scout, trying to be positive about everything, and even getting by the fact that Brenda has left his great hiking boots, which, of course, then, therefore, he's not wearing his great hiking boots when he slips, and especially they get wet as we do the walk. So we, we methodically would lay things in without, like, you know, now push in and make sure that you can see that the the, the shoes are all wet. You know, right. okay, that happened to us also because we went to Yosemite when I was pregnant with our <laughs> second child, Maxine, and the doctor said, "Don't do anything where there's a risk of falling." So, like, don't ride a horse. But we went up one of those beautiful hikes in Yosemite in the mist trail, <laughs> which meant it was covered with. Miss, there's like no handrail, and I have like tennis shoes, like yes, Brandon was wearing, right. and we were like deathly afraid. We were and when we were in Yosemite, by the way, we were staying in the, um, the 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 fine historical hotel. No, no tents, no outside camping for the, <laughs> the Rosens Iwani on that Lodge. one. Yes, that was <laughs> yeah, the Iwani. That's right. Yeah. You know, check out. I'm curious. In the first twelve, we've talked about that a bunch. The first season. You were there was this not this uncertainty if you were going to go to have six more episodes, two more episodes, whatever. In sure. this season, was there more confidence that we're going to have a season three or four, or or were you kind of where are you always expecting like this will just get canceled? Or what what is your sort of take in those? Well, moments? I didn't know if the show was going to get canceled. I thought there was a great chance I was going to get canceled. <laughs> Right. Still, um, in this culture, there's we, still a chance we, that that can happen. <laughs> just means something. Uh, yeah. We um, definitely um, there was there was not uh, it was not a love fest when we did those summer episodes between the writers' room as defined by me and the network. We we you know um, I often would have to speak to the press, and I so remember one time being in front of the press and speaking and looking up and seeing Barry Diller and Peter Chernin looking right back at me. Here's me talking about, I mean, how much do I go into the fact that 30 seconds of film had just been cut on our first, our, our, our season finale? What, what, what TV show has that happened to it? That was, that was always my point. I, I, I always knew there, you know, I, I was a movie writer. I wasn't on that many TV shows, certainly on the staff of shows, but things, shit happens and everybody knows that. But the fact of the matter is I just wanted our show to be treated as all other shows. I wanted right. us to have the same amount of money that other shows got to spend. I'd wanted to have the same number of staff writers that people would get. And, um, and, and we didn't have that. And then now on top of this and, uh, it really rubbed the wrong way. And as I've said, and, and with great admiration, there would have been no way I could have written the first uh, episode of the, the summer episodes 
um, where um, Dylan and Brenda break up. I would not have known how to do that. And after you know, she just lost her virginity. And Darren, I thought Darren did a great job. Darren That's why I my focus and we focused on got to, and thank you for letting us do a good deep dive on the party fish because that really yeah. was my beginning of, of summer with that. But by the time we were getting to these episodes, we were on the same page relative that we knew we wanted to have a quote unquote bad girl who was different than our other girls. And so we were we knew that Emily Valentine was going to be carrying us. Um, the they didn't obviously we knew that there was going to be a one one character not coming back. And, you know, and so my fight, if you weren't going to let me talk about sex, you're going to let me talk about guns, goddammit. And sure. Even in this episode, there was issues discussed, you know, when they say we're not old <clears> enough <throat> to buy liquor and they're complaining, we're old enough to go serve in the army, can't even vote, you know, which, you know, is very in the news right now. Yes. You know, a lot of the stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what 18 year olds can buy and shouldn't be able to buy. Well, on that note, though, when you look at 90210, and we've we've done a lot of these podcasts now, and you see some of the things, and I may have asked you this before, I don't know, but especially when you just talked about, um, is it shocking to you that some of these things are still being discussed, or are you, are you proud of the fact? I have to tell you something. I have yeah. to tell you something. I have, we are, um, you know, we're liberal Democrats. That's yes. us. That's our description in a nutshell, you know. And grew up in same. The same. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. it, so this. Although time, I always like to say at this point, I'm a disaffected liberal Democrat. But anyway, yeah, we're a little. We're that's a little, how mad I am. But at, I mean, uh, in my fair enough. The my Trump city, years yeah. kind of were just like challenging. A, challenging, and then ever <laughs> since January sixth, and we were living it now on TV. Sure. Very challenging, and the pandemic. Traumatic, you know, yes. traumatic, challenging, very challenging, totally. And that's why, you know, it's, I feel like we're entering a more repressed era than it was then. Of, yes, I'm surprised we're so, you know, like Dylan says in the heat of the moment, he says to them, don't have a baby if you're not sure you want it, because bad shit happens to that baby if you do that. Right. Want the baby is what he really wants to say. But either give it to somebody who really wants it or want it really a lot. Or else go get an abortion right now. And now, who's going to say that? Who is going to say that on TV without a discussion of yeah. abortion? Well, I would I will tell you that the first television series that did did have that exact same scene, as you know, my motto is steal from the best. That's right. So we stole that from um, All in the Family, which is they you know when 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 Meathead and uh, oh, yeah. and the daughter had a baby. They were gonna, you know, why keep the baby? I'm pregnant. I don't want the baby," said you know Rob Reiner. Mm -hmm. Why would you bring a baby into this world? Right, right. It is a question that every parent I know asks themselves. And then when you get to a point like yesterday or the weekend before, it's America, or the night before, because we have seem to have shootings and mass shootings every other weekend. Every horrible things happening. You parent what world did i bring my child into mm. I and i know our, and i and i'm sure many of our, our the, the fans that we know uh who are parents and have great kids um are, think that a lot on a, on a day like uh when, when, yeah. when the beautiful july 4th which was yesterday for those who are when when did they take this we just had that in, in Highland Park, no, no less. A beautiful part of Chicago. On the 4th of July parade and another yeah. mass shooting after. So, 
sickening. Heartbreaking is is more sure. and 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 anger and disbelief. Yes, I mean you you really there was a there was a misnomer that happened uh, in my mind, and I think a lot of people's mind when things you know it's things were getting better. You know, every Beatle album was better than the next, and then the last one comes out and it's not quite as good, and nobody knew how to react. Well, it had been a lot with with a lot of social change too, and although sure. there were ebbs and flows. There's never been a, hi, let's go back to the Supreme. This is the most, I know people don't like to talk about politics too much, but here's an interesting tidbit. You could use this as a, at a cocktail party and people would think you're smart. Is that in, um, this is the most conservative court we've ever had mm. in 1931, which was right before Franklin Delano Roosevelt took over in the New Deal when, when uh, and, um, and you know, more judges. and these last things are, uh, you know, caught everybody by surprise. Whether not it, everybody, but us. Guys. Yeah. Well, and, uh, tonight, back to nine hundred two one zero. I want to ask you because one of the reasons I asked you that question before, if you were confident in knowing that you were going to move forward, is that you're able to develop really key relationships and and key things. And this moment with Dylan and Brandon becomes super iconic in the course of the show. I mean. It gets called back later on in seasons about you know uh, this Many moment times. that they had. Yeah, yeah. Well, this may this may yeah. Why go? Your question is this may sound kind of macabre, but it was to do this show the way it was. I had to think every day, and I, and I did more more than I care to remember. Okay, if something terrible happens to me right now, what are they filming tomorrow? Where do they go? And what do, do they know where they're going? It was. I felt it was important not just to leave them with a script that they could shoot the next day, but did they have a template for where they would be going with the with the season sure. or arc of episodes? And so that gave me the confidence to not just the confidence, but with the responsibility that, the job, that I yeah. had to keep looking forward and moving forward. Um, you know, e and even when it was terrible in, in season one, and we didn't know what was going to happen, and and uh, they kept uh, Paul Stupin ripped up our scripts uh, uh, proposals twice. Well, who had to pick up the pieces? Darren Starr and myself. No, right. and, and Aaron Spelling. But really, it was me and Darren. We you, we were the ones entrusted to keep the show alive. And that's when uh, we were most vulnerable. Was not what our low ratings. It was are we going to get uh, you know our, our low level of support at the network was a was a real challenge in. Uh, until we started filming. Karen, did you know at the time, as time went on, even in this particular episode, this is one of those classic moments. Are you aware of something like that? <clears throat> no, we were worried. We were a little worried about that. <laughs> it wasn't going to, that we didn't have the budget for a stunt like that, actually. Sure. And that, it, you know, and we didn't. And hey, we did it. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> truthfully, but, um, <laughs> but um, you know, uh, yeah, no, we didn't. It could have been, you know, it was risky. You know what I mean? It could have been too, too touchy feely. It could have been too, sure all of that, but you it, know, yeah, all of that. It was it was risky. Chuck, well, we always had to didn't feel like a short, thing, and we but. did with between between with with Karen and 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 Jessica particularly, but all of us, you know, we'd all have to to remind ourselves, you know, right? These are teenagers. They they they've not all had therapy. You know, we, we would write them to be. Sometimes two together, you know, uh, right. 
Uh, that would fit in really well at HBO Max today. So <laughs> the kids all know everything, right? Um, uh, but Chuck, were there moments where you wrote something or someone, a writer, gave you something and you said, "Okay, that's going to be one of those. That's going to be a highlight that we're going to always be able to go back." Were there were there moments like that? I well, think the there were one, obviously. Yeah, I was that sure. Was, that was his that, that idea. W- that was the light bulb that went. Oh God. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, killing Scott Scams. And, and then probably when we just were fed up with the um, with the restrictions on our conversations having to do with teenage sexuality, when we wrote um, uh, the everybody's, our, our, talking, everybody's talking our condomist show. I mean, I think those two, because of the power of the concepts, we knew there would be probably something lasting there. Uh, and and you know because. We were still trying to get a few of those in, no. unlike season one, because season one, it was a partial social drama. That's what sure. I was hired to do. But when in the party fish, the one, you know, that so cementing the, the father-son relationship of Jim and Brandon there and, and, and those, you know, a lot of the first year ones that they're drinking and that, you know, I'm Dylan being Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, getting up and that too, I mean, with Dylan here, th- this is a new thing. I don't know that we see Dylan drinking before this yet. This is w- a new thing that the character oh, is going to... Oh, you see him, yes. On the, in, he, in the, isn't it romantic? He pours a drink for himself. But the or fact that he's, str- that he's struggling... Oh, yes, at the house. At the house before they go, yeah. Right. He was str- he's struggling here with a with an alcohol addiction. This is not something that we we really know about right. the character, right? So we're going right. to be finding. But this he, is- and we're struggling a lot, you know. If you think of those winter uh, th- those episodes, you know, the summer episodes when when Carol Potter takes care of him. Yes. Uh, and and uh, he's that, and he's was he really happy? And he was very unhappy about breaking up, and. Um, and and you know a lot of cheer, anger towards Jim and Jim Wall. So you know we he he was always struggling, but this was one that was like oh my this is this is more than we've seen or bargained for. Yeah, I mean, and so is that something that you guys talk about beforehand? Like we're really going to move forward with 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 uh, you know don't. No, we just can we just get through the day? Can we just get through this. I mean, we really didn't. Have time. The, where so, the, so many variables. Once you sure. do what you wanted to do with your thing that you're saying, this is going to be the. You know that the repercussions or the reactions or the the different ways it'll go from there are not well, are not clear. That's why episode. I think sure. that you know I think that really arguably my favorite times on the show, and the only times that we had the kind of conversation that you're looking for, were the moment that we finished. Um, when, when when we were doing the it, the sound work and had finished and done the playback and seen the episode from start to finish, making adjustments, what was there. Um, <clighs> I think at that point, sometimes we'd end up, well, that was a good one, you know, Kenny Miller, Steve Wasserman, and myself uh, with Dave Semmel. Um, you know, th- those were the times we go, wow, what did, look what we just did, you know, kind yeah, of feeling. You know, happy, it, almost it, a happy it on a big screen. It yeah. was, you know, it was... The music and the sound, you know. Yeah, of course. Editing, editing so oh, important. that's right. We had music. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a really iconic episode, and lots of good stuff happens here. Um, any? Did you? You both looked at it. You think it still holds back up? Even the even the uh, the fall and all that stuff. Even, even the fall and all that stuff. Yes, I did 
because the acting was good with the fall. Yeah, and it was staged well, and uh, you know, she she gets she's good with that dialogue thing. Yeah, there were some good lines. In there. <laughs> no, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. Um, really <laughs> iconic, nine hundred two one zero as it's getting as it's growing. And compliment to you, Karen. I mean, writing a scene like that with for kids, and then it then it not only being great dialogue, but something that they all. 31 or 32 years later still yeah. identify with you know what i mean this moment this camping trip they probably we talked about on the thing that they named their kids brandon i mean uh maggie told us that she named her son so you guys influenced a generation and you larry and jessica and steve and the whole group of you so it's just uh, awesome to continue talking about all this and this is one of those moments i think though that uh, everybody kind of looks back on as like a big, big moment for the show. Though it's maybe not as popular as the other ones, but seeing the kids together and doing this thing, it like it makes you feel like you're a part of the group, I guess. Yeah. So. Excellent. Thank All right, you. man. This has been great. So next week we're going to cover that sentence to life. That should be really great. Uh, we'll figure out how we're going to do that. Who's going to join us and all that stuff soon. Um, but this has been great having you both here. Thanks, Pete. Nice to see Thank you. you. Again. Thank you for your patience and uh, <laughs> yes, have fun at the beach. I will see you because that's where my dogs run. So amazing. <laughs> I'll see you soon. So, all right. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Right. Thank yep. you. Bye bye.